Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. So, I wanted to follow up because last Sunday, as you know, I gave away some free drinks at City Espresso. And I want to do that again this Sunday because I want to make sure that you guys are following along. Before I do that, yes, I already felt like the Lord prompted me. So this will be turned into a devotional, which we'll be giving out next week. So very good. So how many of you have been watching the videos every day? Raise your hand. What? You don't have to be on Instagram. We've given you many options. So those many options, once again, are they're on our website. They are Instagram, they're on Facebook, they are via email, YouTube. So if you need help, come see Jane, she'll help you get those. So hopefully everybody can do that. So this morning, those of you who have been following along in those, how many of you, and if you wrote, these, wrote your answers down, that's totally cool, not expecting you to remember this, but how many of you know what the last, starting last Monday, Today's was free. I'll give you Mondays for free because that was light. How many of you know all of the words each day? Anybody? There's one, two, okay. So we have two. Well, for sure, you two are gonna, you're going to get, I'm not even going to make you tell me because I trust you because you're believers and you're honest and all those kind of things. But that's cool. So I'm going to get you, the two of you afterwards will be out there at City Espresso. I will buy you uh, whatever drink you want. And then I have a bonus question. For anybody else, and last week, I'm not going to let this happen this week, but we had one guy actually did give the right answer because I said to shout out the right answer, and he said right answer, so or the right answer, so don't use that. And if you haven't listened to the videos, you cannot answer this because you may already know this anyway just because you know your Bible. But in the prayer of Jabez... He asked for two things. So if, you're, if you've watched all the videos, you get to, if you know the answer to that, two things Jabez asked for. And mm, what, before, before he asked for, initially, he initially asked for two things. So we have a half answer here and the other half's over here. You guys can split a drink. <laughs> what is it, Carol? Bless me and expand my territory. Good. Well, you guys combine together. You, you can join in as well, since everybody else here was like just waiting to hear the answer from the rest of you. So that's good. So we have four people. Probably 10 or 15 minutes after the service, you can join me out there. We're going to have a good time out there at City Espresso. Very good. How many of you still love Jesus? That's good. So we're on day 15. And uh, this has been something that is a subject that is very expansive. <laughs> you talk about grow. You start diving into all of those things. And uh, I was thinking about the two different types of, I guess you can call them plants, but you have the annuals and the perennials. And I've kind of learned about those over the years. The annuals are the ones that, in, especially in the Northwest, they, they die off after the season. And the perennials will come back year after year. Now, annuals, whether it's like a geranium or petunia or something like that, they will 
once they start flowering, they just keep flowering all season. That's the cool thing about annuals, and they just keep, keep producing, producing, and eventually, what happens? They hit the climate that, they, that doesn't feel good, and they just, a challenge comes, boom, the frost hits, and you go out in your yard, and you notice <laughs> they're done. So they, they put all their energy into flowering and looking good all during the summer season or the spring, summer, and fall season, early fall. The perennials, where you see where they usually, they're, most of the time their flowering time is a little shorter, so they distribute their energy a little bit differently. So they have to have the mindset of, I need to not only do well during flowering season or, or during the summertime, but I've got to take and reserve and preserve some energy so that I can be preserved through the challenging, tough times so that I can come back again and once the things get better, I can produce again and, and continue that year after year. So we see that. And it's interesting because as we can see a lot of times, and I want to talk about this a little bit more as we get into the scripture here, but this idea of what are we as believers, are we kind of like these annuals where we kind of have this, some sort of experience that, and, and we get excited, seems like we have a... Uh, something happening in us spiritually, and so we get excited, and we're, we just got these flowers that are just going and going, and then all of a sudden, something challenging hits us, and we just, we can't get through it, and what's the reason for that? And so, before I get into this first scripture, I just want to pray and ask the Holy Spirit this morning, and I, just as he already is here in such a powerful way, and there's been things that have happened and already that have really d- helped dovetail into what I want to do this morning, that, Lord, I just thank you that you have planted us and we're being rooted and grounded in you. Lord, I just pray that our roots will go down deep in you, in your love, in who you are, that we would flourish, God. And that's your objective for us is so that we flourish and become productive in your kingdom and that we can see your kingdom expand, God, in our partnership with you. And so we're so thankful for that, Lord. And I just ask today as we go through a few thoughts this morning in scriptures that you would just trigger even one thing that would cause us to go, wow, I'm, I'm going to take that. I, w- I want to grow in that. I, w- I want that to be a part of my life. So we thank you, God. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. 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 We're going to look at Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 16. Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 16, it says, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower. It's interesting because I looked at that word empower in the Greek, and it says infused into. Infused into. And I was thinking, I was looking at this video the other day, because I'm kind of have been over the last year or two learning about smoking good meat. I have a smoker I've had for a few years. I wanted to learn how to do this really well. One of the videos I watched of some guy, just all of a sudden I saw him take this syringe out and he's injecting into the, the tri-tip, whatever, is some flavoring and, and so forth. And it made me think about, that's almost like the Holy Spirit just, he infuses us, it gets in us. And there's his flavor, his smell, everything, his fragrance, everything, he puts it in us. It's infused into us. And I think about the power of that is, he will empower or he will infuse into yeah. us. Right. So 
as we move through this, we'll maybe ask ourselves the question, has that happened to me? You know, ask yourself, has that happened to me? Has that truly happened to me? It says, empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Man, he's coming to make residence, his home in us, in our hearts as we trust in him. Your roots will go down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, which is a a word that we're learning a lot about, is understanding, as all God's people should. How wide, how long, how deep, how high his love is for us. It's amazing. It's all of the... I mean, we we cannot even put measurements on that, on how incredible his love is for us. But I think about this infused power that comes, that we're empowered with. This inner strength that comes from Christ dwelling in us, in our hearts. Unfortunately, it doesn't apply to the unbeliever because they don't understand what that is. There is the carnal nature that we all have. So before we accepted Christ, there's this carnality that we had. But when he came and infused, he came in us, it, it created us into this new being. Unbelievers don't have that opportunity. They have the carnal flesh, the outside, like we have our carnal flesh still, but inside, we've been transformed. So we have this, that we live in this inward man, this new man, if you want to call it that. When we are saved and baptized, we become a new creation, a new man. Something happens, new woman. Something happens to us. It's our true new self now. There's that old nature is gone. But there's something that happens for some reason that causes people to revisit their old nature. We'll talk about that in a moment. But understanding that the weapons that we have available to us, the weapons that we have that have been given to us come from this new inner man that we have. It comes from Christ living and dwelling and making his home in us. Those weapons that we have are not carnal, but they're mighty through the tearing down of strongholds. And we have that advantage as believers. We have access to that, those things that have been infused into us. And 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 4 says, we are humans, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. These are the weapons that we have. And I want to tell you something, and Jeff alluded to this this morning, but the weapons that Paul is talking about and the weapons that were proclaimed by Paul used were the word of God and prayer. These are weapons. Now, the world, the way I see it, has mocked and laughed at these weapons. They belittle them. They think that, that Christians are weak because they need a God. They need God. They need prayer. They need the word. They look at it as being weak. We understand and can relate. We see it as being strong only in him. In our weakness, we come to him and he, he, he brings us strength. But the world doesn't see it that way. They see it as, oh, you guys need a crutch. You need something to fall back because you can't do it on your own. You're right. We can't do it on our own. And we have the weapons, of our, the weapons that have been given to us through Christ are for tearing down the strongholds. Do you know that prayer 
breaks the enemy's back. Reading the word defeats the enemy and all of his evil tactics. All of his strategy of the enemy can be defeated and broken down by merely reading the word and praying. Do you realize that's a, those are powerful tools that we have as believers? We need to be growing in that. Because if you're not praying and if you're not reading the word, you're probably not growing. Probably not. So we need just to simply talk about that this morning. In Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 17, Paul is speaking to the believers in Ephesus. This morning, Al read some verses out of the first chapter of Ephesians. But Paul really is going as, he goes through this process and talking to the, to the believers at Ephesus. And he's saying, and it goes through the chapters, and he's talking about, come on, you're, you're no longer immature people now. You need, to, you need to change. You need to adjust. You need to grow. You need to be influenced by the godly things, by good things. You need to change the way that you're living you're influenced by things that sound true, but they're not. So I want to bring you to the truth, and I want, I want to bring you to this place of really fully giving yourself to God, giving yourself to the Holy Spirit and work of the Spirit. So what it says in, start, in verse 17, he's saying, With the Lord's authority I say this, Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives Because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him, they have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. And here is my thought and kind of where I want to go with this for a moment. This is kind of my synopsis of this, but they have not, truly have not had a God encounter. So I want to ask that question today of you this morning. What is a God encounter? What are the ingredients that you would say, and I'm asking you to give me some, just your thoughts on this, some ingredients. What would be considered a God encounter to you? What would that look like? Any words out there anybody has? Yes. You get healed. There's some evidence, right? Gifts. Any other thoughts? Truly recognizing his presence. Truly recognizing his presence. That he's really there. What experience do you think you would need to have to show you that where you are or have been is quite a bit different than where that encounter or where you're headed? You sense the peace of God? An experience that makes you want to do something different. Okay, yeah, now we're getting to this place. So God encounter, good. Those, those are very good things. Because I, over the years, I've kind of taking inventory and watching people. There's exceptions, obviously, to this. But I believe as when people get saved, that obviously there's a conversion that happens. Salvation happens, you accept Christ. But that's just kind of the, as Tony has mentioned in our class, is kind of the door, the entry into everything else that the, in the kingdom and what's happening. And, and, and I think what happens is there are believers who don't end up getting rooted. They don't really have a God encounter that gives them that aha moment that says, I just had this incredible encounter that has caused me to say, I'm never going back to what I had before this encounter. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know what it all is, but I know that I know that I know that what just happened to me is so much greater, and I'm in anticipation of pursuing that 
that there is not going to be anything that's going to come in front of that encounter, that's going to take that experience from me, that's going to change my way of believing and thinking and by faith pursuing the fact that Jesus Christ has come and made residence in me and he's given me the weapons that I need to fight any battles. I'm not going back there. But we see believers, they come to Christ, but they go back. Is it because they didn't have a, a God encounter? Really, truly? Or maybe they did, but somehow, as we talked before, the seeds don't get in good soil. People who pursue the less of the flesh over the benefits of being in God's kingdom probably have not had a true encounter. And the key to this, to me, is not just one time, but it should be a daily encounter that we have. We can't live off of last week's encounter. Talked about that in one of the videos. Verse 20. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you've heard about Jesus and learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Here we go. Verse 24. Put on your new nature... Created to be like God, not created to be God, but be like God, truly righteous and holy. Herein lies the problem with most believers as they begin to walk. They do not put on the new nature. It's been given to them. It's, it's, been, it's been presented. You're taking off your old nature, and, and people take that old nature on, but they fail for some reason to put on that new nature, to grab a hold of that, that infusion that infusing into the empowerment that comes from God. There's a new nature that we take on that replaces our own sinful nature. At times, maybe try to move away from things, but don't make that full exchange. There's an, a complete, there's an exchange, that beautiful exchange we, we sing about. We don't make that exchange. Maybe we put off, but we don't take on and replace no longer to ever go back to whatever that is. That's part of our growing experience as believers. And there's so many people out there that have not experienced taking on and putting on that new nature and walking in that. There's defeat that comes. There's challenges. There, it's even like the annuals. They might blossom for a little bit. They might, but as soon as the weather hits, bad weather, or the challenge comes, boom. Because they haven't really rooted down. They have not really fully embraced the new nature that has been given to them by Christ. It's a true encounter with God that brings us to the place of being so excited about our new nature, so excited about Christ, that all that other stuff is just, it's worthless. We couldn't imagine going back. We couldn't imagine going back. But we all know people who, for whatever reason, go back. They abandon the, the very gifts the very blessings, the very thing that God had given them to go back to something that was, had no value, but the enemy was so good at deceiving and taking them back, thinking, I need to go back. Verse 25, so stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you're a thief, quit stealing 
Instead, use your hands for good hard work. And then give generously to others in need. That's good right there. Sometimes we think that, oh, does that mean I'm stealing means I'd taken a candy bar from the store? Well, of course that is. But so often that we're, we're, we're just taking things that don't belong to us. It says, put our hands to good work. And, and what do we do? Not just to get things for us, but it's to give generously to others in need. Now, here's the next verse, which is interesting to me. Don't use foul or abusive language. This seems to be so much more acceptable in the churches in America. It saddens my heart. I've heard, whether it's pastors or people in church, and I know a lot of of people who profess, and they're great people, and they're, they're great Christians, but somehow they have adopted using foul language as just that's okay because that's culture nowadays. Well, the Bible right here is just telling us, don't do that. We don't need to do that. I remember early on in my time when I became a reserve police officer, I tell you, everybody probably in the police station was waiting for me to mess up. Most all of them use foul and abusive language. And I didn't hold up against them at all because sinners, that's how they are. That's, I had never once asked them, stop doing that or don't do it in front of me. It offends me. I that's fine. I, I know who I serve. I serve a good God. And we've had great opportunities to talk. But I never once found myself in a situation, and I was in some pretty hairy situations where it would seem like foul language would maybe help control a situation. I never had to do that. I never found myself. I never once was tempted to do that because it's not in me. What is in us comes out. We don't have to allow culture to dictate how we act or how we live. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Interesting. Most translations use the word grieve. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't bring sorrow. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't break his heart. Now, this is an interesting verse right here. Obviously, if it wasn't possible to grieve the Holy Spirit, it wouldn't be in here. So that must mean that there has to be some possibility to grieve. Because here's the thing. I've heard teachings that say it's impossible for believers to, to, grieve, the, to grieve God or to even disappoint God. Because all he is is love, and that's the only emotion that God has. And, that, and that's a teaching. It's out there. And I understand where they're coming from and why they're teaching those things. Because it feels good to us to think that well, the only thing God knows is love. Well, we know that that's probably the major word that is always put how much he loves us. He loves us. He loves us. We read the verse. How wide, how deep, how, how, how expansive his love is. So we know that. As believers, we know that. We know he loves us. Well, simply, you could do this. If all of you who are parents, your kids did something that grieved you or disappointed you or whatever. Did that change your love for them? Well, not one bit. Why do we think that that would change God's love for us? Not at all. He's the inventor of love. Again, just the width, the length, the height, depth of his love never changes. But he also feels emotions, including grief. Isaiah 53, 3 talked about Jesus was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. It was a prophetic word that was coming. All these things he was going to go through and experience everything we experience. So we have to be careful that we're not in any way bringing sorrow to God, the Spirit, or bringing grief. Again, though, he loves us so much. His grace is so 
there for us. Continuing on in uh, verse 30, it says, Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. That's a good guarantee. But here's a part of growing right here, this next couple verses. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. These are good things. We just, these are things we just need to get rid of. We need to start growing a little bit. This is what I'm talking about. Finding an area where you can identify in your life, say, I need to grow. And it could be one, it could be anger. It could be bitterness. It could be rage. It could be heart's words. It could be slander. All of these things. But he comes to say, instead, replace that old nature with the new nature you've been given. Instead, come on, be kind, tenderhearted, loving, forgiving, because that's the big thing for a lot of people. I'm not forgiving them. Well, that's not growing. <laughs> that's shallow living right there. Yeah, and you're, you're going to run into a, a brick wall on that one. It's pretty clear what the Bible talks about that. If we want to be forgiven, then we need to forgive. I shared my experience in last Sunday's video where as a kid growing up, learning how to garden and gardening and how the experience of coming home from school, because you, you, you prepare the soil, you do all that stuff, you plant the seeds, and you just wait and wait. And as a kid, it seems to take forever to see something come out of the ground. And then you finally see is something sprouting out of the ground. And you get excited about it. And that, that sprouting, that, that coming, that new life, that fresh life, it really is taking on, an, it's like exchanging nature, an old nature for, there's a new nature, there's new, your new nature is now beginning to take shape. That seeds that were planted in you, the seeds of goodness, the seeds that'll bring fruitfulness to your life, those are planted and now you're, you're beginning as you're nurturing it, as you're watering, as you're taking care of making sure the soil is still good and you're, you're keeping an eye on it, and then all of a sudden you begin to see the new nature taking form. And it's exciting. And, and it's good. It's, it's good that we are looking that way and we're thinking that way. I want to read one more verse and, and just tell you one, more, uh, one of my experiences and then we'll have the worship team come just in a moment because I'm definitely not getting as far as I want, but we'll be back next week. That's the good thing. And we have plenty of time. But here's the key verse that, that actually I've been using or want to use in, in this grow area. But it's Colossians 2.7. I've alluded to this. But let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Yes. Then, then, because here's the thing. We think God owes us something. We put our roots down in whatever we do, whatever our thing is that we want to put our roots in. And it's, a lot of times those aren't good things, soil that we're putting our roots in. And things start getting a little bit tough for us and they aren't going well. And then all of a sudden we ask God, God, you need to fix my problem. And he comes back gently and lovingly and kind and caringly. He says, but you didn't put your roots in me. So let's do that. Let's put our roots down in him, not in our other things that we are putting roots in and let our lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth, in the truth, in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. So many people are running around, they're not thankful. Why? Because their roots are somewhere other than in him. 
We got to make sure our roots go down in him. Where are our roots? That's the question. Where are my roots? Quite often, our roots aren't in the security of Christ. They're not in where they need to be. They're not secure in Jesus. Or maybe we just have shallow roots. It seems like we struggle with that. And we, we end up, as a believer, just drifting back into our old sinful ways or drifting back and forth and just try in and out, in and out, in and out, because our roots have not gone down in Him. I'm just talking, this is basic biblical teaching, but so many people don't get it and don't understand it, that their roots must go down in Him. I don't care what the culture tells you today, that it's okay to not do this, not that, that Bible verse, ah, you can cross that off because, you know, we're living today. That was old time. That was Old Testament. Or that was whatever. That was back when Jesus wanted. Whatever people say, we have to come back to the truth of the word. And we have to put our roots down in him. Because when we do that, we can fully trust that he's going to take care of us. Now, it won't always turn out how we want it to, but it'll always turn out how he planned it and how he wants yeah, it to. Because he uses all of these things for the greater good. Our minds are too little. <laughs> That's why our thoughts are not his thoughts. Our ways aren't his ways. So we got to grab a hold of the big picture about this. When we bought our first house many years ago, and I love having a, a nice yard. My yard doesn't look quite as nice right now. It's just time of year and my back and all that stuff. But I, we, went, we bought this house, and one of the reasons we bought this house, because I told Jane, well, she wanted a dishwasher. I said, I'll put you a dishwasher in. I said, but I want the yard looking good. So what I liked was the backyard was the worst-looking yard ever. And I just got in there with a little excavator thing and just ripped that whole thing up. Dust was going everywhere. It was making a mess, pulling out stuff and clearing and getting the dirt perfect and getting it and then putting in a rock wall working every night till way after midnight. I think it was winter because it was really cold. And just putting my lights up outside and just going after this thing. And I, it was like, I'm going to make this yard look really good. Plant, so I wanted to plant my own lawn. Hadn't done that before. So tried to learn a little bit about that. Got the soil ready. Threw the grass seed down. Peat moss, which was the big key. Because I know a lot of times people throw the grass seed down and it doesn't. And you won't go into all that. But peat moss is great for keeping moisture in. And then if the does, sun does come out and hit it, it just creates this area for it to germinate. Anyway, so I would come home from work after this. And it's like, man, nothing, nothing, nothing. I almost think like, I need to, I'm going to peek, you know, how to do that. But, but you're not supposed to because, you know. And, and so all of a sudden one day I came home and I could look and there's just like this velvet. It's like, wow, that just like happened. But I also noticed there was a couple spots that didn't, didn't come up. Well, we had had some, some kind of heavy rain and kind of a little bit on a slope on some of it. So it, it, the seed didn't have a chance to root. And so it, it kind of, I had to go back and, and re, redo certain areas. But that's important for us to know <laughs> we got a root because the, the little storms of life are going to come and they're going to wash us out so we got to make sure we get our roots down get our root 
there's an overflowing of thankfulness that comes too when you see things like that. That's just what the Bible says. Get your roots go down and then, hey, you'll have an overflowing of thankfulness. I get that in, in the physical sense. Seeing my lawn come up, I was like, wow, this is amazing. But understanding there's care that needs to be given when we take on that new nature, that we get those roots that go down deep in him. And that's what I wanted to make sure that I leave with you this morning, that where are our roots? Where are our roots? Are they in him or are they in something else? And if they're in something else, he is faithful to help us get those up and get them moved. Get those roots to go down where they need to go down in him. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to sing a song, but... I, I just want us to be, as we're singing this song, just just asking the Holy Spirit just to take a look. Say, Holy Spirit, you know, there's this area in my life right now. I'm not doing so well. Lord, help me to be able to grow in that area. Lord, Show me the areas that maybe my roots aren't where they need to be. Maybe some of those words that we read. Lord, help me with that. Lord, I pray right now, just before we sing this song, I pray for each person today. And each one of us are focused on you. You have empowered us. You have infused into us your spirit. You have taken up residence in us. Lord, I pray that we take full advantage of that and that we see that our encounter with you doesn't happen just once, but God, daily we have this encounter with you, God, that, that reminds us of who you are and that you, your tender mercies are there, your grace is there, your love is there to show us, Lord, the areas that we need to grow. So I just pray right now as each person here today is just their thoughts are on you and those specific things to them that you would show. And Lord, that we would commit to those things that Paul said, that the power comes from the word and from prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 